You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. And by the way, check out some of the other shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, like the uh, Locked On NBA podcast, the NBA draft. It's just days away. One week from today, the NBA draft will be taking place. And the Locked On NBA podcast is mock drafting every single first round pick. So if you haven't checked it out, they've already released, uh, released an episode of all of the different podcasts making their selections one through six. So it will pick up with Detroit in their next pod that they'll release. But you can go to Locked On NBA and hear all of the different team podcasts, one through six. Yes, including yours truly, making the selection of Anyeka Kungwu, which we already talked about at number three, and we'll actually jump into some of their reactions for our first segment in just a moment. You can listen to Locked On NBA's podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, The Athletic's John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. We've got a plethora of really smart basketball people talking about how smart we are as Locked On Hornets podcast. Check the feed to catch up on past shows, and don't miss a pick subscribe to locked on nba today wherever you get your podcast so now let's jump right into it let's yes, it by actually talking about what they said about our pick you can hear what they said about the timberwolves and the warriors what they decided to do but we're actually going to bring you some of the audio in which they spoke about our pick and how they agreed and or disagreed so like i said nada we went with anyeka kongwu mm-hmm. it's uh, a divisive big man conversation where there are some people that fall on the side of James Wiseman. There are some people that fall on the side of Anyeka Okongwu being the best player. I think most people would still go with James Wiseman as the better player compared to um, you know, big is in this NBA draft process. You go to guys like Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz. They'll tell you that Okongwu is a better big man. Um, and who they would rather draft than James Wiseman. You go to maybe some of the people that we'll talk about in just a moment. They'll tell you that James Wiseman is their guy. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. He was one that actually thought we were pretty smart for this one. Here's more from Josh Lloyd. Yeah, this is exactly what I would have done if I was Charlotte. I think that there is a legitimate chance and a really good chance that he is the best uh, big man in this class. Moves well. Uh, protects the rim. I think there is some passing upside. There's some shooting upside there as well. Can switch. And that's exactly what you want out of a big man. You don't need to be seven foot one and then not be able to move on the perimeter like some other big men that we might talk about later. I think it fits perfectly. Some interchangeability with PJ Washington there as well. And uh, yeah, look, if I had seen one of those point guards uh, around, I, I, Killian Hayes is there. So I may have gone with him in this case, but I can't. I can't complain about the Okongwu pick. I don't think it, it would necessarily go down this way, but I, I love what the, the guys at Locked on Hornets did. So not a heat. That's us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he loves what the guys at Locked on Hornets did. We raise our hands proudly. Josh Lloyd showering us with praise, saying the only thing he maybe would have done is gone with Killian Hayes. That's the only name that he thought maybe he could have gone here with at number three instead of Okongwu. But he really says he, he loves what we did. Would yeah. have would have done the same thing here had he not gone with Killian Hayes. He would have gone with Anyeka over James Wiseman. We didn't have LaMelo Ball. We didn't have Anthony Edwards to pick from after they go with the first two picks. What did you make of Josh Lloyd's analysis on 
our um on our pick and what do you think about Killian Hayes being the third overall pick if we would not have gotten Yeko Kongwu? I would have been more for Killian Hayes as the third overall pick if if a Kongwu was gone or if there were no centers gone. But even then, in that scenario, most likely there would have been a LaMelo ball or an Anthony Edwards to take. And in that case, we would have taken an Anthony Edwards. And But honestly, like it, all Josh did was confirm our genius. Walker. That's, <laughs> That's what all he did. did. That's all right. he did. He confirmed our genius. We ha- Again, we have that foresight. We know exactly just having watched this team that 90% of the issues involved with this team involve defense and the big being hunted on pick and rolls. And to stop a decent portion of that, you get a center that can defend the pick and roll and has advanced level defensive skills. So thank you, Josh, for the compliments. We didn't necessarily need it, but they're always appreciated. Right, Walker? All right. Uh, absolutely. We, we still like it to be confirmed. And then if you don't confirm it, then you're wrong. And we disagree with you. We don't exactly. ever hear from you again. That could be the case from Chad Ford. Just kidding. You need to go listen to his podcast. I'm a company man. I will take back everything I just said. We actually do have some sound from Chad Ford, though, and what he thought of the pick. He maybe not uh, does not agree as much as a, a one Josh Lloyd does. Here's more from Chad Ford. Interesting that a Kongwu goes over James Wiseman here. I think Wiseman is the consensus big top big on the board right now, but I think Okongwu has a higher floor uh, than Wiseman does. I think there's concerns that we don't really know about Wiseman and what he's going to be in the NBA, and so you take a sure thing in the Kongwu. I personally would have taken Wiseman here. I, I'm a big fan of Wiseman, but I get the more conservative instinct of taking a Kongwu at three. So now that he says he would have gone with James Wiseman here. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at Chad Ford's big board, it's Actually, James Wiseman, who you see right at the top. He's got James Wiseman as his number one overall prospect, and he thinks most people would say that James Wiseman is the number one guy, um, not only just maybe in the NBA draft entirely, but certainly just between the two big men that we decided. Although it didn't seem like Chad Ford hated it, though. You thought that Chad Ford was kind of throwing us some some shade a little bit with his analysis. Yeah, because again, he prefaces it with this, this isn't what I would want to do, and this feels safe. And again, there, there was a <laughs> lot of Did he have that kind of attitude behind it? There was, some quali- there was a lot of qualifying statements to these statements. Like that was um, the thing. There was a lot of qualifiers to what Chad Ford was trying to say about us. And it, I didn't appreciate that. I, I'm one of those. You're going to scrap? No, no, scrap no, Chad no, no. Ford. I'm just saying Chad Ford ain't got no love for LOH. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Chad, does, and I hope Jeremy, there's a whole people <laughs> that get the reference on that, please. Um, Yeah, we're not going to go there. Jeremy Wu. Uh, he is of Sports Illustrated. He also tended to lean more towards Chad Fulking. He said a lot of guys like a Kongwu, um, but he uh, but he prefers James Wiseman here. And he says he does understand the pick, though. Um, if you believe in his offensive ability, he said, you know, of course the defensive traits are all there. That's it's. I'm not going to continue to beat everyone over the head with the uh, a Kongwu analysis, but he does say if you believe in his offensive game coming along, even if he is a little bit of a smaller center, it does fit somewhat to what a modern NBA is heading. And so he understands the selection at uh, with the Kongwu, but he would prefer a James Wiseman if he were the ones, um, if he were the one, I should say, making that selection at number three for the Hornets. But it was us, Nada, so we decided to go with Anyeka Kongwu. And by the way, Jonathan Gavoni came out uh, along with a Mike Schmitz of ESPN, and they came out with a mock draft too. We're actually going to get to that in the second segment. But first, 
As always, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar and just how amazing all of their flavors are. And also, they're healthy for you, too. They're great for the health-conscious guy. Coming in delicious flavors, six new ones, 12 original ones. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. You can get a free cooler with your purchase also. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Another mock draft just a week away. We're going to get to all of them here. It's coming up next on the Locked On Podcast uh, Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I love leftovers, by the way. Huge leftover guy. Oh, man. Dinner, dinner for lunch. I love that. Leftover dinner. Swing it into a lunch, maybe even to a breakfast if you're feeling goosey. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz of ESPN, they released their grade A mock draft. Mm-hmm. Nada, it is the big daddy of them all. And for number three, Jonathan Gavoni has the Charlotte Hornets taking, just like we did, Anyeka Okungwu, the big out of USC. The reason he does so, he writes, a lack of confidence in Anthony Edwards reaching his full potential, especially with the Hornets, combined with my belief in Okungwu's candidacy as the best big man in this draft, led to this perhaps surprising pick. Add that the Hornets have a huge hole at center and are in desperate need of a rim-protecting anchor to bolster their defense, and Okungwu is clearly an excellent fit on this roster. Are we to the point, not a still, where it would be surprising if the Hornets selected a Kongwu, or are we more so going away from that after seeing that in Kevin O'Connor's mock draft, seeing that in Jonathan Gavoni's mock draft, us leaning that way, and also a, a decent amount of people having a Kongwu as the best big? Are, would you be surprised if he was the pick there, or, or are we leaning more towards away from that? I would be more surprised if he's a pick over Anthony Edwards. Right. I would I would legitimately be surprised. Um because as big of a hole as the center position is for the Charlotte Hornets, you can make a bigger case that the biggest hole is two guard. And when you start seeing these comps to a, again, just a Victor Oladipo for Anthony Edwards and a guy that we passed on Donovan Mitchell, like when you start looking at those comps, I don't see how you can pass up on that physical gifting, no matter how, again, how bad the checkered past is. And more, most importantly, there's a part of me that doesn't that that didn't like where Schmitz mentioned, like again, you're not sure he's going to get there in Charlotte. And I want to point out, like, hey, look at uh, Devontae Graham. Look at other guys. Look at PJ Washington. The idea that Charlotte doesn't know how to develop their talent shouldn't be used anymore. So I, I, I just there's a lot of it. I, like for what affects winning the most. I think if it's between a Kongwu and Anthony Edwards, I kind of think Anthony Edwards is going over a Kongwu. Just, just the feeling. Yeah. And, and you know, that's something Rick Bennell reported that might be getting overlooked a little bit more. So it's that, uh, James Wiseman is their number one guy. And then Anthony Edwards is their plan B. If James, uh, um, if James Wiseman is completely gone, I went James Edwards there. How about that? You want to get the <laughs> old school? That, that is a reference. <laughs> 
I was combining the two. Yeah, I want the high socks on the roster. Feed the yeah. big man down low. Mr. High Socks himself, James Edwards. No, James Wiseman. If he's not there, then it seems like Anthony Edwards would be that pick. And you're right to point that out, by the way. It is Jonathan Gavoni, not Mike Schmitz. But he does say uh, a lack of confidence in Anthony Edwards reaching his full potential, especially with the Hornets, combined with my belief in a Congo's candidacy, like especially with the Hornets here. Yeah, you know, that's what's funny about that's this. unnecessary. Um, now also this is not a mock draft that is based off of Intel. I'm not, I, I don't think so anyway. I think this is just what Gavoni and Schmitz would do. He said, which player should every team take mm -hmm. in the 2020 NBA draft in this preview? We do just that for you. And so remember, this is also someone that came out with, and you know, just a couple of days ago and released on ESPN that from what he's hearing, his sources are telling him the Hornets are, aren't truly legitimately considering anybody outside of the consensus top three uh -huh. with James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, and LaMelo Ball. This is just what he thinks the Charlotte Hornets should do, not exactly um, what they are going to do. So he thinks they should draft a Kongwu, but um, you know, but what he thinks they're going to do rather than should do is select one of the consensus top three. So just kind of an interesting difference uh, between what Gavoni thinks and uh, what he's actually hearing out there um, in um, from yeah. from a lot of his sources. So yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But mm -hmm. what again, with a lot of this, I guess where I, I fall is you're starting to talk about, I guess when we start talking about what people should do, do we factor fit in? Because I, I do think that the Charlotte owners are factoring fit and the ability to plug somebody in to make an instantaneous impact and yet not impact the wins, which is something that we have talked about. How do you well, do that? And that's, again, the best way to do that kind of is center. Well, it did, here, here's something that's interesting to me. And I saw Pre Malone tweet this out yesterday, and I meant to, to say something about it. But, you know, he's discussing how he's listening to a lot of NBA podcasts that are just kind of lazy with their takes on the Hornets are going to select Wiseman. And I, I legitimately believe that the Hornets are going to select Wiseman if he's available, and they may even trade up for him. I believe in the interest there with Wiseman. But I, I, I get his point when he's discussing that because – when you look at Zach Lowe, like I think a lot of this is based off of Intel when they're actually writing down, Hey, no, these are what sources are telling me, you know, fine. It could be true. It couldn't, it could not be true, but they're just reporting on what the sources tell them. But then when you hear a low post podcast from Zach Lowe and, or look at his write-up, you know, he just seems to overwhelmingly think that the Hornets really need a center. It doesn't seem like he's actually hearing anything from sources and he's not reporting. He's just saying there's an obvious need there. So this is what the Hornets should do. And I think we've seen that maybe a couple of times, uh, you know, differing from what sources are telling people to what they just kind of, oh, well, Hornets desperately need a center. They actually have Devontae Graham. Maybe he can play the point guard for the future. They have a couple of swing guys. Maybe it's Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Malik Monk, you know, the Martin twins, you know, the, the thing that they don't have at as a young guy is a center. Bam, here comes James Wiseman. And or if we want to be a little different, we'll throw Kongwu in there. And I hear on, I, I hear people on that because cup check, even if I don't think it completely rules out the chance that they take Wiseman, it, it doesn't mean it, it, we did hear these comments that cup check isn't going to be affected on, you know, solely drafting based off of need. Mm -hmm. I, so I, I get that, right? Like, I understand why that would frustrate some fans with people's perceptions of what the Charlotte Hornets are going to do, even though the rumors are all over the freaking place, man. It's crazy. Like, this yeah, no, that, that's, that's the thing. Absolutely like, all nuts. these rumors are nuts. And again, it is like, 
I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and literally this is the NBA BS season. This is the spin zone. So get your scuba gear out. You're going to be swimming and you know what for, Ooh, for the next week. Why yeah, did you do that? Why did you put that in our head? Is there a reason you did that? Do you just like to, I mean, you just like to, you know what on the podcast is what you like to do. We're going to try to collect our thoughts and go somewhere else. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Shams Sharania, by the way, tweeting out just uh, about a half hour ago, some of the protocols that these NBA teams might abide by once we get, do get to the regular season. And it's all based on if fans will be allowed in the arenas. We'll get to that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets decoys all over the place they've got everybody down at the rim ball goes into biz they do like an xfl style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage except it's with Devonte graham he picks up a foul i don't care what you say nate mcmillan more like nate mcvillan get out of here quit whining about the officials you got plenty of calls the hornets got a call at the end of the game i thought it was fair hornets win it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast so Shams Sharania tweeting out just a little while. NBA has sent its 30 teams a memo with protocols for eligible markets to host fans, requiring people within 30 feet of the court to register negative coronavirus tests two days prior to the game or rapid test on day of the game. Sources tell the athletic and stadium. He also says that all fans are required to wear masks above the age of two socially distance, undergo symptom surveys, food and beverage are not allowed for those within 30 feet of the court. Teams would have the option to install a plexiglass behind the benches. This is insane. And I'm not going to go in on leagues that are going above and beyond with some of the safety measures that they think they should have in place. Because if they have done all of the math to see what's worth it to try to make up some money and they're trying to make sure they have the strongest safety protocols in place as possible, then cool. But I look at this and I think, is it really worth going through all of this to go through a coronavirus test to not be able to eat or drink and get the true game experience within the 30 feet of the court, possibly Mm -hmm. watching it behind plexiglass, which I don't think is all that big of a deal, but Mm -hmm. then take the symptom surveys just so you can enhance your chance at catching COVID-19. Do you love the NBA and or your team so much, which maybe some of you do. And if that's yeah, no, 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 there's enough. There's enough. There's enough. uh, If if, if some of you do like the team enough, then fair enough for you. You you go ahead and, and you make that decision based on what you would like to do. But that just seems like a lot of obstacles to jump over, figure out a way to get through them all just to watch a game for two and a half hours. Nada. like, I, look, if, if this is the safety protocol that you have to abide by, then cool. But my God, that's a lot of things to do to go catch an NBA game. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And to be quite honest, that like the biggest the biggest statement part of that statement is the eligible markets, because how many of these markets do you think are actually going to be eligible to hold games or again, just to have the games itself, much less fans. I don't think it, it, if you pay attention to certain demographic and certain numbers, there's no way that this is going getting off the ground to have fans in the stands. It doesn't work like that unless you happen to be in a state, I don't know, Texas, Florida, places again, where we have teams that are in desperate need of fan revenue. We don't have to name any names or point any fingers. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all been following me long enough to know 
about the broke owner that's helped probably push this. But at the same time, I would this this feel like if you have to do all this to get fans in the stands, maybe reconsider even having fans in the stands and go. And I know that we can't ever get back to the bubble for reasons that were just the mental toll that it probably took on everybody who participated in it. At the same time, there needs to be something else. And the media, the middle ground has to be you cannot have fans in the stands till a vaccine point blank period. Um, by the way, I did want to mention that we got an email today that the Charlotte Hornets are going to unveil their city edition uniform on Friday at 1230. Now there are a select few people that will be able to get to check this out at 10 a.m. Just a couple of hours beforehand to get some information on it. There are no stories, no pictures, no videos allowed of the event at 10 a.m. to be released until 1230 when the Hornets make their official announcement to all of the public. So we will get to see that, Nada. I'm excited. Uh, how high are your hopes for the City Edition uniform to be as cool as some of the best ones that we've already seen so far? The bars, the bars at the floor. Have you seen some <laughs> of these other ones? Like literally. Yeah, the Orlando's was bad. Orlando's, Orlando's is, is real bad. bad. Like Orlando's is bad. Phillies isn't really all No, bad. that's not good, good either. Like there have been more bad City Edition jerseys than there have been good. So the bar is legitimately at the floor in terms of my expectations. They bring back anything, any of the Buzz City variants. I'll be happy. And generally, I'm generally I'm happy with whatever they choose to do and put out there. I just again, it's the rest of y'all that have the issues with these jerseys. Oh, it's not creative enough. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. I don't <laughs> care. I enjoy the jerseys generally. It's y'all miserable people that don't enjoy them. Uh, well, weren't you the one that came out here and took a flamethrower to the pinstripe jerseys they brought back? Why are we going to bring up old stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff? I was about to say that whiny voice. I thought I had heard that before and I was right. It was from you when they unveiled the actual home jerseys are going to be repping. The actual jerseys are going to be repping. That was from you. All I heard all that whining real quickly. I do want to say, um, did you see the Nets city edition jerseys? The yeah, one where it, it yeah. kind of gives, it kind of pays homage to the old Nets jerseys a little bit. Did Nets, you see yeah. those? Like, see, I have a I have a love hate with relationship with those because again I grew up with those. That's that reminds me of the sports channel, the sports channel back when again cable networks were actually affordable and my parents would again you'd always watch Nets games and again it was a gaudy jersey but it was nineties. So I have a love hate relationship with that jersey. The fact that they're changing the court around in Brooklyn for that for for that it that. That's too mm -hmm. much, too much. Um, I do think they look pretty sweet, though. I, yeah. I know a lot of people didn't love them, but I actually thought that those Nets jerseys that came out, the, they're the blue ones, right? Like those are the city editions, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Maybe is it or is it this? Uh, I, I forget which one it was, whatever those were. If they're the city edition, if they're not the the red and blue ones with the kind of white, it mm -hmm. looks like a sky. I like those jerseys quite a bit. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, and, and tell me if I'm wrong on this. I'm trying to look up some of the pictures. I don't have mm -hmm. some of these. Are you telling me that Sacramento came out with a city edition jersey that says Sacktown? Is that what it says? Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No comment. Presented. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, it, like, like I want to make again. There's a joke about a coach on that on that staff. I want to make. I am not making it out of good taste. 
All right. Thank you, Nada. I appreciate that. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Bilt Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Remember, there's a mock draft going on. You'll want to check it out to hear the local experts talk about why they chose who they did in the spot that they did. There's some trades that happen in the mock draft. A lot of fun in uh, what took place. And it's just a week away, the NBA draft. We've got plenty of content for you on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.